0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. We are back after a long spring break. See that as NCAA tournament opening weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed your spring break as well if you had any um my name is steve dace in case you had forgotten it's been a few days <laughs> alongside totters and aaron mcintyre each of us also had a little spring break uh get down and uh, get away and um calm down although with everything that went on over the weekend uh which we will address here in a moment it was kind of difficult to do that nevertheless we're back and fired up to get going again don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think Via the SteveDace.com inbox. That's Steve at SteveDace.com. For D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook for now. My, also over on MeWe Parlor and Gab. Follow me on Twitter at SteveDaceShow for now. I saw that the the Babylon Bee got pinged yep. over the weekend as the purge continues. You can also uh, go to at Show on Getter. G-E-T-T-R. And no, I still have not been... Verified by Trump's Truth Social yet. I've asked several people, hey, am am, am I blacklisted? No, 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 no. I don't know. I'd kind of like to be blacklisted because, in a way, that would be more comforting than they're just this bad at this and (laughs) far behind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if that's going to be our social media, Fox News. We at least need it to be run like a. Uh, if, if that's our new social media Overton window here that we all have to bow down to, like Fox News, what has been for 20 years, can we at least have a professionally run outfit? Do you think? Right? Like, you never tuned into O'Reilly and thought, "Is it going to be on at 7:07? Is it going to be on at 7:18? Is it going to be on at 7 You know what I'm saying? You can, I mean, we need. Uh, can it run properly? All, all the right? best, people, Steve. So, uh, they came to me six months ago and said, "Hey, we would like for you to help beta test this for us," and I did. And I gave it a pretty strong recommendation. I liked the way that it looked. I liked the way that it operated. But now, apparently, I can't get verified on there. So who knows? Maybe someday. Uh, you can also watch clips of the show at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that is rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Of course, I spent a good amount of time over the weekend in the man cave watching college basketball. I think I watched a little bit of every single game of the NCAA tournament. And one thing I did see a lot of, though, were commercials. And, by the way, that Matthew Stafford commercial, have you guys seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. How great is that commercial? I mean, that's exceedingly well done. But for every one of those that has a little charm and a little heart, there were a lot of commercials, man, pimping masks and all kinds of spirit of the agey crap. Another reminder, we don't have an option to do that very often, but one place that we do, that we kind of all do because it's difficult to thrive as a modern American without a mobile phone— Do business with people who are not trying to give your worldview the business, all right, that actually support your values when the opportunity presents itself. And it does with our friends over at Patriot Mobile. Get the same coverage you get from the big boys who hate you. We made the switch back in the fall. And we also put it off for many years. We thought it would be a big hassle and everything else. We got the same coverage we got for 20 plus years from T-Mobile without directly giving money to people that hate us. We even upgraded a couple of our phones in the process. They've got a grade A customer service team over there. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They'll give you even bigger discounts as a way of saying thank you. For your service, as for everybody else, they've got deals going on all the time right now. Get a free activation with my name Steve as your offer code. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or go over to nine seven two Patriot. So we were gone for a few days about a month ago when I took the family to Universal for a winter uh, break, getaway. And I had some time to kind of think. And I used that time just to kind of reset and recalibrate. And one of the reasons I did so with that downtime is it occurred to me that as it becomes more and more obvious that the fault lines in America are no longer the right versus left paradigm that we had on, this, you know, on, on these kinds of platforms and we had in this movement for decades. But we now live in an era where about six months ago, I watched an entire 18-minute monologue from Russell Brand and I liked it. Over the weekend, I watched another five-minute clip of Russell Brand and I tweeted out, I think I might agree with 70% of this, maybe more. Where I am affirmatively citing and retweeting Bill Maher who thinks I'm religious. It dawned on me during the downtime down there in Florida that we got to kind of reset the, the macro, the meta level here because there's a new political paradigm in America and the, the culture war has shifted I long for the luxury of the old left right paradigm. There was more, there was clarity there. But we live in a very deceptive time now. And now the new paradigm, and I think this will become even more and more obvious, is those who value, seek, or want to tell truth versus everybody else who does not. and and that's going to create more pluralistic and diverse coalitions than what we had before one temptation will be to honor that coalition idolatrously by changing my convictions and what i believe in order to serve that coalition now, if you have to change your convictions and what you believe in order to serve a coalition, it's not a coalition. It is a cult. You just described groupthink. But given what transpired in the controversy over both Leah Thomas and Dave Rubin, our colleague here at The Blaze over the weekend, and, and and I think we need to be reminded they are kind of the same story. But I, I thought, you know what, I kind of anticipated I didn't think it was going to happen like in two or three weeks. But I thought we would go down a road that we would have to make sure at a meta macro level up here, the convictions that drive us on this program are not going to change, despite the fact of the conditions on the ground down here. That doesn't mean my tactics won't change in recognition of what's going on down here. But I won't change my convictions. I was going to do more about this. I'm sure next hour when we do our Monday town hall, there will be specific questions on this, which I'll be happy to get into more specifically. Um, but our our colleagues here, Delano Squires, did a phenomenal column. It's up on all my social media channels uh, from over the weekend uh, about this controversy uh, Ali Stuckey put out a video this morning. i have not had a chance to share, it, but it's well done as well. For now, let me say two things. Number one, even if we don't share the same convictions, we can be aligned together if we share the same concerns. Just know and understand, I am not changing my convictions for you. Because we do share the same concerns. That may not be good enough for you. I'm okay with that. And I don't take it personally. But if you require all of my convictions to line up with yours, to be in an alliance, and your convictions differ from mine, I'm not changing my convictions for you. My convictions are the things that I am ultimately and eternally accountable to God for. My concerns or my positions are things that I have a wide range of depth of concern about. But aligning with you on those things does not cause me To violate my convictions, so my conscience, so my conscience is clear. And as long as you're okay with that, as long as you are okay understanding that I am making an accommodation for you, that what you may do or believe violates my convictions, but there are other areas where we are aligned, and I'm happy to work with you in those areas provided you don't ask me to violate my convictions to affirm you in those other areas. As long as you're okay with that, then I'm happy to love my neighbor as I love myself. I think this is something we're going to have to confront the more obvious and pluralistic. I would have, I didn't know Joe Rogan had a podcast guys. I didn't know. I thought he was the fear factor dude. I didn't know he had a podcast until early March of 2020 when a bunch of you emailed me and said, hey, you got to listen to Rogan's podcast with Michael Osterholm on there talking about coronavirus. I was like, wait a minute, the fear factor guy? You want me to listen to that podcast? So that's number one. I'm not changing up here, at least not for you or any of you, actually. If you're okay with that and there are areas down here that still matter, but are not of eternal preeminence, and we agree on those things, I'm happy to work with you. Just understand, this up here is never changing for you. It just never is. I mean, I'm I mean, I, I'm sola scriptura. I hired a Catholic to edit my material. Have I ever changed my sola scriptura view for you on any level, oh, despite all the times you tried to argue against it? No. No.
0: Nor have you asked me to change mine. No, I have not. No, nope. have I?
1: Ever hidden though my sola scriptura conviction from you.
0: No, and nor have you asked me to hide. Nor
1: mine. have I asked you to change yours. Exactly. See where we're going here. Okay.
0: I don't believe there
1: is any atonement for your sin that will satisfy the wrath of God other than what Jesus Christ did at the cross. And that if you, and that if you have to understand who Jesus Christ was. He is God with us. He is the physical manifestation of the triune God. He is both God and the son of God. That's the Jesus Christ I'm talking about. And I don't believe aside from him, there is any atonement for your and yours and my sins that will satisfy the wrath of God. Now, are there people here at at blaze media who don't agree with that? Yeah. One of them is actually one of my very best friends on the, the entire network. Daniel Horowitz. Have I changed any of my convictions on, on Daniel's behalf? No. No. Um, has he has he asked me to? No. No. But are there plenty of other areas of deep concern that we work well and, um, uh, and pleasantly together? Oh. And have that, become good friends regardless of those differences? That only seems to grow yeah. as time moves on. Right. So, you know, I, I'm not changing those views. Because those are the things, they're not views, they're convictions. Those are the things I'm eternally accountable to God for. Here's the second thing. During the marriage wars, I was routinely mocked for pointing out during that time period that the debate we were really having was not about the definition of marriage. The debate we were really having um, is about gender altogether. Because the core of this argument was that there are natural affections for men and women beyond one another and if that's true then there's really no point to male or female at all the other side understands this, they're actually operating more consistently, that's why they put those things together they intended from the very beginning, they, they did not just intend to blur a, one of these lines, they intended to blur them all From the very beginning. Therefore, if there is no distinctiveness in the man and the woman coming together to make a new male or female either. Then. What's the point of any of this? The eradication of family led to the eradication of gender. The eradication of gender is what is the result of the eradication of the family. These things all work together. If there is no, if there if there are natural affections for men and women beyond each other, then there is no point to gender, and then there is really no requirement that a child have a father and a mother. For it is only when a man and woman come together, or what we used to call a family, that our species actually creates a new being. Even those who have, have decided to live outside of this paradigm, when they want to experience what it means to be part of a human family, they still must find a way back into that paradigm in order to access it. Why? Because it was meant to go together. On a trite note, you ever bought a thing of frosting and thought it's really the frosting that makes the cake, right? I know you have. Yeah, yeah, you know I have, (laughs) right? And then you frost the cake and there's always frosting in the tube and the thing left over and you put it in the fridge and you're like, yeah, I'm going to snack on some of that frosting, right? Yep. Yeah. So you decide, you decide you're going to have the frosting aside from the cake. And that first bite's kind of good, but it's, after that, it's a little too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you never end up finishing the frosting because it's just too much. You throw it away. You always end up finishing what, though? The cake. Cake. Why? Because the cake and the frosting were meant to go together. It is only when a man and woman come together, what we used to call family, that our species creates a new being. And by the way, what is the first declared trait of that new being and its existence? What's the first thing ever said about it? It's a boy or a a girl. First thing, every time. See, once we allowed redefining of the marriage certificate, we were always going to allow redefining of the birth certificate. It was always going to end up here because it always intended to. Robert Bork, God rest his soul, was wrong. We don't slouch to Gomorrah. Sprint. Now, let me say this, though. I say this as someone who grew up as the firstborn of America's porn generation. I was hardly a virgin on my wedding night. There's a reason why my wife has gone into sexual therapy. And and it's not just because of her husband's issues, but her own. And this is the way you think as a pagan. One of the main reasons I married her when we were young and pagans and in heat is because she was freakier than me. I have struggled with sexual temptation my entire post-puberty life as an adult. So I am well aware. I live with it every day. I am well aware of how weak the flesh is. So, I've lived the other side of this, too. I'm a kid born to a 15-year-old mom. She was not assaulted. She had sex with her high school senior boyfriend and conceived a child. She then almost aborted me. She chose not to. She was a single mom for the first two years of my life, living with her mom, who was also twice divorced and a single mom, on every form of government assistance. Even after we married my abusive stepdad who never really accepted me really as his own. Many of those first years we struggled. I was on government cheese, ADC, food stamps, all of it. These programs were not created because there was too much marriage happening in America. Too much of people waiting to have children until they were married. It is not those kinds of families that are accessing those government programs folks that's the kinds that don't make those moral decisions that are they all this all goes together I've lived both sides of the sexual revolution I was conceived within it and then lived the victim side of it and then got older and victimized others with it who also were victimized by it and victimizing others None of us here. There's not a household in America that has not been tainted by this. That's the beauty of the sexual revolution. We all think we don't have room to say anything now. So, I'm not. That's the standard. The standard is kids need a mom and a dad. The primary, not only... The clitoris works long after a woman keeps producing eggs that can be fertilized. So it's not the only purpose of sex, but it is the primary purpose is the perpetuation of the species. And a society goes down a dark path when on a public civic level, it decides to break away from that. And we have been living testimonies to this as a society for going on 50 years now. That is the standard. But I am no standard bearer. I'm just the messenger here. I've violated the standard too, And I have the scars to prove it. So the question really is... What's the solution to this? When we end up breaking the natural law, it breaks us. Thankfully, there is one who can put us back together. And that's why on our show, we do everything we can to point people to him and not to ourselves. Because we will fail you. We already have. We will disappoint you. We already have. We're human. And that's why we put the biblical worldview at the forefront of this show. Much of the time this show was growing. Much of the time that this show was looked at as a beacon of truth in this culture during COVID. My marriage was teetering on the brink much of that time. I was almost a divorce statistic. Now, I didn't give up my own convictions. I didn't let it impact what we were doing on this show. Why? Because even if I had this failure in my life, it wouldn't change the truth of anything I said, because this isn't about me. I'm not your hero. And neither is Dave Rubin or neither is Delano Squires or Ali Stuckey or Glenn Beck or anyone else. One of the most poignant things I've ever seen in my life. And I'll leave it at this. I was at a promise keepers event about 10, 15 years ago and Chris Tomlin was the musical act and his final song was one of his signature songs. It's called famous one and all of us are singing along to the chorus. And when it got done, him and his entire band took their instruments, unplugged them, walked off the stage. They wanted no applause no calls for an encore, no adulation, because that would undermine the message of the entire song that this isn't about us. It's about him. And with that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by a Ukraine update. While we were gone, tensions and rhetoric in Washington was ratcheted up as the drum beats on for a looming third world war. I
3: want to, I got this message this morning, from Bono. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky.
2: Meanwhile, President Biden had this to say. It's China Russia, sir. In other news, Lord Farquaad was back on the Sunday morning shows. We have to be careful, That if we do see a surge as a result of that, that we're flexible enough to reinstitute the kinds of interventions that could be necessary to stop an additional surge. China is dealing with its worst COVID outbreak to date, or so they want us to believe. Here's a chart showing confirmed cases in China, according to our world and data over the past two years. Yeah, going from nothing to all the cases in like a week seems Fishy to me. A new expose from the Daily Mail alleges the UK government vastly overestimated COVID mortalities over the past two years. The piece says other causes were more likely to have resulted in people's deaths than COVID alone, including terminally ill patients who lost their battle with disease, who were posthumously presumed to have died from COVID. A new poll from ECOS of Canadians shows a very, very weird trend. 86% of triple-jabbed respondents say Canada should impose tougher sanctions on Russia. Only 13% of unjabbed Canadians agree. 85% of triple-jabbed Canadians believe the government should seize the assets of Russian oligarchs. Again, only 13% of unjabbed Canadians agree. That trend continues with other measures like cutting off oil shipments from Russia, providing military equipment to Ukraine, and so on. All strongly supported measures by the triple-jabbed crowd. All strongly opposed by the unjabbed crowd. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was hospitalized over the weekend with flu-like symptoms. The court, in a press release, says Thomas expects to be back on the bench in the next few days. Headline from Bloomberg, inflation stings the most if you earn less than $300,000. Here's how to deal. Take the bus. Don't buy in bulk. Try lentils instead of meat. Nobody said this would be fun. Moving on, the Babylon Bee has been suspended from Twitter for this post, a picture of the United States Assistant Secretary for Health, Richard Levine, with the caption, the Babylon Bee's man of the year is Rachel Levine. It's unclear if Babylon Bee's suspension is permanent or temporary. Another dude who feels pretty, Leah Thomas of the University of Pennsylvania, won the women's 500-meter freestyle final event at the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving National Championship over the weekend. He set a program record doing so. Meanwhile, at ESPN, they're taking moments of silence to protest Florida's bill that protects children from sexual groomers.
0: Our LGBTQIA teammates at Disney ask for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislation across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support.
2: New York Times op-ed from a year ago making the rounds this weekend. Don't play with your kids. Seriously, I have three kids under the age of 10 who don't expect or even want to play with me. It took some practice, but over time, we've all learned we're better off doing our own thing. Speaking of the New York Times, apparently they're the sole arbiter of truth to a great chunk of some Even on the right, they confirmed while we were away that Hunter Biden's laptop, which surfaced prior to the 2020 election and contained damning emails, photographs and other hellacious material, was indeed authentic. Nobody's apologized or been held accountable for censoring that story, as you would expect. And finally, how to tell the difference between good Nazis and bad Nazis. Here's comedian Danny Polishok.
3: Hi there, my name is Rance Mullenix from the US Department of Enlightenment. And today, I am gonna be providing you some helpful tips on how to spot misinformation and disinformation during these difficult and confusing times. One of the most common things people ask us is how to spot the difference between good Nazis and bad Nazis. So here's a handy little guide Adolf Hitler, bad Nazi. People that know the difference between there, there, and there, good Nazi. People that supported the Ottawa, Canada trucker convoy, bad Nazis. The Azov battalion, good Nazis. Donald Trump, bad Nazi. Walt Disney, good Nazi. The Charlottesville protesters, bad Nazis. Ukrainian soldiers with a black sun patch, good Nazis.
2: And that's what happened. Well, we were away. That poll um I anticipated
1: we wouldn't have time with what I wanted to say at the top of the show and the rundown. So in the overtime today. That poll it's from the Toronto Star, correct?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. some other but yeah, that's who probably
1: That that poll is one of the most extraordinary evidences. For the cosmic grooming and preparation that may be happening right now in our midst that I, I can recall. And we'll get into that in the overtime today because I want us to discuss that poll in more detail. Uh, and that we'll do right after today's show. We'll record it for Blaze TV subscribers and then you'll be able to upload it and watch it later today at com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and would like to become one, that's also where you can go now or at any point today uh, to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash dace. As for the rest of today's program, I mentioned next hour, our Monday Town Hall Ask Me Anything edition will come up. I'm sure We will get some more questions without looking at them uh, along the lines of what I addressed at the top of the program. Todd, right? You're the one that picks those?
0: There weren't as many as I thought, but they're there. Okay. But when we come back,
1: our good friend Julie Kelly from American Greatness, the latest on January 6th, and now the Whitmer trial. We'll get to that and more with her in a moment. Before you go in for that mortgage or refi or auto or business loan, make sure you have complete control over your credit score. That you know, of course, nowadays they'll give you your score. Used to be, they wouldn't even do that. Now they'll give you your score and often for free, but will they show you why you have the score that you have? And then will they show you what you can do? To get to the specific score you want, Scoremaster did that for me last fall. And we use that as one of the tools in our arsenal to refi our house at an obscenely low interest rate. So I know how it works. I know that it works. This is the information that they have on you that they often don't want to share with you, or they share it with you in a way that is not easy to understand and to translate. Scoremaster makes it accessible to you because it's, most importantly, your information. It should be accessible to you more than anybody else. So if you want to see how many plus points you can add to your credit score, you can try it for free and then decide if you want to go from there. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, scoremaster, just like it sounds, scoremaster.com slash Steve. It has been too long since we have talked to our good friend Julie Kelly over at American Greatness, but, I mean, she's a big star now. She doesn't have as much time. Uh, for the little people, as she used to have. Julie, how are you?
4: That is not true. I <laughs> always have time for you. Aaron is lying to you. Do not listen to him. Okay. Or Todd, whoever set this up. Always right. have time. They
1: lie to me all the time. I pay them to do that, in fact. All right. But that's a topic for another day in my fragile male ego. All right. Let's 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 get to what is going on. Uh, let's start with the Whitmer trial. And this this started this week, correct? Or today, actually, that's right? Sweet. Hmm. Last week. Last week. Okay. And this is the crazy case where there was allegedly a kidnapping plot of the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer. But I've been following your reporting on this, uh, like I have on everything else. And this, again, seems like another case, man, where there's more to this than meets the eye. Tell us about it.
4: Honestly, you could take the best fiction writer in the world, and they would not be able to concoct this sort of plot that apparently the FBI and who knows what other agencies were involved in. So we're talking about the plot to allegedly kidnap and perhaps kill Gretchen Whitmer, Several men were arrested on October 7th of 2020, of course, conveniently, as early voting was underway, not only in Michigan, but of course, states across the country. This led to all sorts of negative headlines about Donald Trump, that these white militia groups were targeting one of his biggest political nemesis right before the election. Joe Biden spoke out. Gretchen Whitmer gave this really overwrought press briefing on it. But it turns out the defense attorneys are building, have been building a very convincing case of FBI entrapment. You have at least a dozen undercover agents and informants, and it looks like far more as I'm covering the trial, people who are mentioned who have not been charged. Um, that were centrally involved in this platform from the very beginning, shepherding and organizing, luring these men to different activities, training camps, reconnaissance, meetings, etc. The FBI was paying for all of this, and really lured sort of this ragtag bunch of misfits, in a way, together to uh, portray them as this dangerous right-wing white supremacist militia who is going to kidnap the, the governor of Michigan. But it looks like all along, this is yet another uh, very intricate uh, and successful FBI plan to involve itself in another presidential election, which it definitely did.
1: So then why would they risk a trial- because that's what we've seen with January 6th. There have been some trials, but a lot of these are indefinite detentions. There have been hearings, motions, but not a, not the full discovery process that, a, that you know, and the full onslaught of a trial would provide that level of transparency. Why did they risk it here then?
4: So that's a great question, and I get that a lot. Steve, there's no way the government could drop the cases. Two of the men have already pleaded guilty, and they will testify for the government. Um, And they gave sort of these forced confessions that no, the FBI did not cause us to induce us to commit any of these uh, acts. This was completely the other defendant. So um, I think that they're bargaining on these two defendants who pleaded to make their case for them. But it's so high profile. And I think to your point, the backdrop of what's happening with January 6th, and we're now today on the second trial, um, but as these trials are ongoing, And people are raising questions about the fbi's involvement i really don't think the doj could have just dropped these cases without raising whole lots of other questions and of course the defense then filing suit against the government for entrapping their clients Um, but i don't think it's going well for the prosecution at all they now have on the stand uh, last friday and today was covering their chief uh their chief informant his name was dan paid $64,000 by the FBI for six months' work, got new tires, got a new laptop, Uh, they reimbursed him for a loss on his home he said he had to sell because he was afraid he was gonna be exposed as an FBI, CHS, confidential human source. But Steve, what's really troubling is the lax oversight of these confidential informants, one of whom is a convicted felon numerous times over, with a rap sheet in at least nine states, but apparently has worked as an informant in numerous FBI offices across the country. Hmm. This man had no oversight. He committed two crimes while he was working the Whitmer caper. This is what I'm saying. You cannot make this stuff up. But it's very clear, and I think that the defense is making a strong case before the jury, um, that not only the FBI put this together, they leveraged the anger and outrage over COVID lockdowns and the 2020 race riots to induce and record these men sort of raging about what was happening in their country and in their government at the time.
1: How much longer before they, they go full OJ, if I did it here? And, and just say, listen, these white supremacists, these white nationalists are, you know, from a domestic threat, not any different than Mr. bin Laden over there. And, you know, we're, we're constantly trolling that pool, that shallow DNA pool uh, to see who uh, takes the bait. And would, and would blow up a building or a church or a bank if we gave them, an, or a federal building, the opportunity. And so we prime the hook for, for those people over there. So we're just doing the same here now for these white nationalists, these white supremacists. So yeah, we've got plants in all kinds of these enclaves. It's not our fault they're taking the bait. They take the bait because they are showing by doing so that they're willing to act out Timothy McVeigh style. How much longer before they just flat out go with that explanation?
4: I'm not sure. Um, The trial is expected to last a few weeks, maybe even five or six weeks. So it's only a matter of time before we figure out exactly what the government's counter strategy is going to be here. Of course, that's been the argument all along. Well, of course, we're running informants and undercover agents into these groups. We have to see what they're doing. Um, CHS Confidential Human Source Dan has testified that yes, he, he tried to motivate these defendants to commit other crimes in a way to de-escalate what their plans were, (laughs) to kidnap and kill the governor. But of course, these men were so destitute, the main defendant, the uh, electrical ringleader, a man named Adam Fox, lived in the decrepit cellar of a vacuum repair shop in a Grand Rapids strip mall. If he had to go to the bathroom or brush his teeth, his lawyer said, he had to go to the Mexican restaurant next door this man had no family, really no friends. Um, they sort of found him on social media, like a lot of people were ranting about what was happening with the lockdowns. This is how they targeted these people. So they So they found the
1: someone that didn't have they, they didn't found someone didn't have the means Or the opportunity, maybe motivations, but they lacked the means or opportunity to pull this sort of a caper off. But it perpetuates a political narrative that they want to uh, that they want to posit to the public. So they used him basically as uh, a guinea pig. Is that basically what you're saying here?
4: Yeah, he was a dupe. I mean, he was lured into this with other men who they just saw were observing on social media and kind of put them all together. They organized what was called a national militia conference in dublin ohio on june 6th of 2020 they invited lured these men in the top one of the other top informants the criminal i was referring to steve robeson this is june 6. they record these men who are infuriated about the ongoing riots throughout the country the informant tried to lure these men into columbus ohio which is just south of dublin ohio dublin is a suburb lure them to go to Columbus, which was under National Guard surveillance because of ongoing rioting there, Tried to get them to go there to confront these BLM activists. This is the sort of behavior mm. that the government was trying to induce, using the rage about lockdowns and then the race riots <clears throat> to convince people or to put together this alleged kidnapping scheme. Really nefarious, dark stuff.
1: Because even if you want to do the full David French here on this one and say, well, these guys would act out. That's why they took the bait. Here's a question. Is it smart? Even if you accept that as a, as a premise, then is should, we have, should, the, should our federal government be out there incentivizing that kind of behavior just so we can have the headlines on MSNBC tonight that it wants? Right? So I, I don't know what the justification for this is either way.
4: Um, well, it really was is to bolster Christopher Ray's idea that these white supremacy militia groups pose a greater threat to the homeland than foreign terror threats
1: right. and political narrative. What, yeah,
4: exactly right. But what one of the confident what Dan and another FBI agent, his handling agent, discussed in a text in uh, um, August was that they needed to work to keep this group together. It looked like this ragtag group who didn't know each other before the FBI got involved and put them all together. Mm. It looked like they were going to disband one of the men they thought was too crazy. Adam Fox, one of the defendants called him Captain Autism. They weren't friends. They weren't anything. They would sort of get stoned and then the FBI would record them saying these things. In August, they they thought they were all going to go their separate ways. The FBI tells one of the informants, no, you have to keep this group together you have to keep this group together Hmm. they were asked why would you want to keep a violent group together yeah well to oversee what they were going to do well of course that's not the case that's not what they were doing
1: well that's a good segue to the other thing i wanted to ask you about here i got about two minutes which won't do it justice and i'm sorry for that but what is the latest on what's going on with the january 6th detainees
4: um so the detainees we still have about 70 70 or 80 who are being held behind bars. Some of them now, Steve, going on over 14 months that they've wow. been incarcerated, awaiting trials, including nonviolent defendants. So we had the first trial before a jury. DC jury took less than three hours to find what the very first defendant to face trial to find him guilty on five counts. This is how quickly things are would go before DC, highly partisan. Jury. So today is actually a bench trial for Cooey Griffin, the Cowboys for Trump man, uh, who was charged with trespassing, two low-level trespassing charges. He too stayed in jail for a few weeks as a judge denied him bail, claiming that he was a threat to the community, to the country, because he participated in January 6th. So we're finally starting to get some of the trials. I don't know how the bench trial will go versus jury. But this is, you know, as we're uncovering, starting to uncover the evidence, furthermore, seeing what the government wants to cover up, which is all the surveillance video.
1: So every time we've ever had you on, I've always closed this conversation with this question. I'll do it again now. Based on all the investigating you have done, what is your best guess of what really happened on January 6th?
4: Um, that it was still and uh, always has been, and there's more evidence that it was an inside job, that it was mostly conceived and concocted by the same forces that put together the Whitmer kidnapping plot on a grander scale. Um, of course, storming the Lansing capital was part of the Whitmer kidnapping plot. I think that was a trial run for what we saw on January 6th, and I don't think the country is ready to really grasp the complexity and the totality of what our government did to make sure that January sixth happened.
1: Now you're talking MK Ultra kind of stuff here, Julie. You realize that, right? I mean, that that's kind of what you're talking about. What do you mean? Who did you say? MK Ultra, like that. The, when they you, they experimented on our own people to create LSD, stuff like that. I mean, I, that's 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 kind of what you're talking about. Is that level of 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 government skullduggery. That's what you're talking about.
4: It is. I, I really don't think, Steve, that people are going to be able to wrap their minds around what. What did what happened before during and certainly after January sixth? But what I'm hearing about the evidence that is coming out, what the government is concealing, not just fourteen thousand hours of surveillance video, but still to this day, has four hundred thousand pages of FBI records that they have not made available to defense attorneys, hmm. even as trials are starting. Yeah,
1: what's the benign innocent um, explanation?
4: for the reason why yeah, that's right.
1: Yep. You're doing great work, Julie. Quickly, how can our audience continue to follow that work?
4: I'm at uh, AmericanGreatness and greatness.com. And of course, as you know, I'm on Twitter all the time, Julie underscore Kelly2, which is where I'm live tweeting the Whitmer trial. Um, and that's basically where, and my book, of course, on January 6th, available on Amazon.
1: You have done phenomenal work. Keep it up. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Steve. You bet. You know, if you're a dog owner, you know that taking care of your pet means more than just giving them food or water, right? You like to baby that thing. It's part of your family, so its health and its happiness is important to you. That's why I've been telling you for a while now about Rough Greens. It is the supplement powder that goes into your pet's food that does for your pet what the supplements we take does for us because we have to take supplements these days because a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that we need from our food are stripped out of there with the way that we process food these days. Same things happen to our pets' food, and that's where rough greens come in. But maybe you're concerned your pet won't like it. Here's one way to find out. We give you the first 14 day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You just pay for the shipping, but the bag is on us. When you go to roughgreens.com, R U F F for roughgreens.com, or give them a call at 833 Rough Dog. Got about a minute or so here. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Julie Kelly.
0: I think what you said about when is the FBI just going to say we infiltrate these groups just like every yeah, I just th- baited
1: the hook on them. yeah,
0: I think that's really fascinating beyond the specifics of that, but it just speaks to you 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 can't do this job without a moral framework the appropriate moral framework because nobody is holding these guys accountable if they don't want to be held accountable it's all by design has a certain secrecy around it by definition so if these guys go off the reservation they can manipulate this into anything they want it to be which is why who our president is and who they appoint and how they oversee that is so fundamental and look who we have now
2: a cleaning house. Anything short of cleaning house—it's yep. uh, like basically, not basically, every single level of our intelligence and military services in this country. Anything short of that is unacceptable.
1: That's what the Church Committee and a lot of those select committees in the '70s were about. When things like MK Ultra and stuff like that came out, it was cleaning up the intelligence community. We'll come back with hour two here in a moment. with hour two live and on demand but not that much in demand but someone's got to do this job so why not us my name is Steve Dace his name is Todd Erzin his name is Aaron McIntyre you have a name too I would assume which we may get to know one day if you take advantage of the stevedace.com inbox by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com or d-e-a-c-e like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show and Getter. Uh, and then also get clips of the show free of censorship and free to watch at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. That's rumble.com. Slash Steve Day show. And if you are a podcast listener, we appreciate you. Thank you. Please show your appreciation for us by leaving us a five star review and or hitting subscribe or follow if that's the word that they use on your platform of choice. Now, the more of you that do that, I'm told anyway, it helps our show. I I I don't know how. I just know though that it does boost our fragile male egos. So we're all for it and want to thank all of you that have provided us the boost that we need. Thank you. Um, this part of the show brought to you by my underwear, or at least the company that makes it. Uh, how good? I, I've got a script and everything here. <sighs> Let me just tell you this. This is, this is how you know a product, product is good, right? A couple of years ago, Tommy John comes to us about doing some advertising on the show. I'm like, sure, why not? Send me a few pair of underwear. I loved it so much, I went and bought more. And I've done that a couple more times, too. So that I could gradually, because it is not inexpensive. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not an inexpensive product. But, you know, you do get what you pay for in this case. So gradually over time, I replaced my entire underwear drawer with Tommy John. That is now all that I have. That is how good it is. It's the only underwear I have worn in over a year. Not the same pair. So that's the best absolute endorsement that I can give So, with that now, um, get 20% off your first order if you would like to try it. And yes, they have stuff for the ladies as well. Uh, TommyJohn.com slash Steve for 20% off your first order when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. All right, coming up now, it is time for our monthly, or no, Monday, not monthly, Monday Town Hall Ask Me Anything Facebook edition. And we, no questions are off limits. Todd, though, they're off limits to me. I've not seen any of these questions before they will get read here live on the air. Todd selects these questions for each round and then feeds them to Aaron. So are we ready to go?
0: We are.
2: All right, Aaron, you may fire when ready. We will begin with Ian David Frazier. Why won't you and the rest of Cultural Rights directly speak out against Dave Rubin and the heads of Conservative Inc. for fully supporting them? Everyone was openly criticizing Mayor Pete for doing the same thing as Ruben, but has since been silent from the likes of you, Matt Walsh, and the rest of the vocal activists. This question
1: was sent yesterday? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't silent about this the entire time. I mean, I posted a Twitter thread on it when I was on vacation. Um, I posted uh, something similar on every single one of my social media networks, <laughs> Uh, I shared a um, critical to contrarian viewpoint that is very much my own uh, from another one of our colleagues here, Delano Squires on, again, all my social media accounts while I was um, while I was on vacation. I, help me quantify this. What what do you think he would mean? What 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 threshold of of um, distinction have I not met for him? Would, would you think he would say? Or or would you guys say for that matter?
0: It's pretty clear that he and other people who were coming in as I was out of state. So I was sporadically uh, looking at this and answered in my own way. But it is a lot. A lot of people have reached the point with this stuff that I think that they reached in ultimately anointing Trump in 2016 and they basically wanted somebody to like lift up a severed head or something like that. They're just exhausted and burnt out. And I don't, you know, I I don't know if the two names there versus anybody else have any specific meaning, or they're the ones they actually trust the most, so they're reaching out. But I, I, you could just the the feeling of frustration. Was palpable among me people. Like, do we have anybody out there who really believes what they say? There was pushback from people even
1: within our own company. I've not seen much pushback elsewhere from other companies, but I mean, there were people who pushed back on this pretty quickly from within our own company and publicly. I mean, I had uh, so. Um, I I don't know Dave Rubin very well. Um, I think I've met him in person twice. He's been on our show once before, and I think it's before his show came here, actually, or right around the time it first mm-hmm. did. I have been on his show before. They, ironically, actually asked me to come on Friday, on his Friday roundtable. My wife and I had an appointment that we had put off for a day that I had a day off, and it was right when he was taping, so I could not do it. Um, so, um, this isn't where I have some uh, personal relationship or anything of that nature. If, if you... See, I don't think people really want to have an honest conversation about this. Are you sure you want me to have an honest conversation about this? Do you think they really want one? I don't know. I don't think they do. But you know what? I'll give it to you. One of the most powerful scenes in the New Testament is when a woman caught in adultery is brought before Christ. Now, here's the thing. Can a woman commit adultery on her own? No. No. She cannot commit adultery on her own. Which means... If she was caught committing adultery, there had to be another being there, most likely a male, correct? Mm -hmm. Why isn't he brought before Christ? Ever thought about that? I mean, if she's caught in the act of adultery, why isn't the man brought before Christ? Right? Sure. Notice he's not. And so right away, that is a hint. That's a hint here. That the goal of bringing this woman before Jesus is not to uphold to the strictest notion, the Levitical law, which did call for stoning such people. Because if the woman is caught in the act of adultery. And the other person that's part of the act is not brought forth. Then right away, that's kind of a hint here that this isn't being driven by the most pure of motivations and it comes in a time in Christ's ministry when they have been doing all sorts of things to trap him hey Caesar's face is on this coin should we pay taxes or is that idolatry where does where do do you get the power to forgive sins from There, there was a constant attempt to entrap him and this is in my opinion yet another attempt and we always focus on Christ's response, but we very rarely focus on the act that, provo- that prompted it. Where is the man that she was committing adultery with? Now, one of the things we know from the Gospel of John with this scene is that Jesus begins writing in the sand, or writing in the dirt, as they're laying there, making out their accusation. We don't know what he's writing We don't know what he's writing, but could you imagine if it was the name of the man? Think about that for a second. He's God. Is he, not a, is he not aware of what this woman was doing recently? He even knows what she's going to do 10 minutes later. He's God. We don't know what he's writing in the dirt, though. Could have been writing the name of the man. Could have been writing the name, could have been writing the sins of the people that want to stone her. We don't know what he's writing. But we're really focused on what he says at the end. There's no one now. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. They all recognize that they are not sinless. So they walk away. We often skip the next line though. He looks at the woman and says, there is no one here to condemn you. Neither do I. Now go and sin no more. But what prompted that? They bring her not him. Jesus died for our sins, bled for them, was tortured over them. The idea he doesn't take sin seriously, no one has ever taken it more. No one ever has. The real question is, though, particularly among us who have a tendency to scream and yell the most about them, do we take it seriously? Are we really being serious? A mob gathers, brings Christ, a woman caught in the act of adultery. She is an adulterer. That's established, never challenged in that that portion of scripture, correct? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't bring, they don't bring the fullness of the transaction. Maybe it was with an upstanding member of the citizenry. See, as a female, first century Judea, she had no rights. Easy to grab her. Who was the man? Was he a landowner? Was he a, a member of the Sanhedrin? Was he a person of respect and rapport? Where now all of a sudden, it gets real personal and real. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't know the answer to that. But the fact that we don't know the answer to that is indicative of the fact that this moment isn't real. The intent behind this moment is fake. Fake. There is no attempt here to achieve some form of holiness. This is an attempt to use one woman's brokenness and weakness in her flesh to advance an agenda. And the fact that they don't want to uphold that standard evenly across the line indicates that and proves it. Which is why Jesus turns to them and says, "Okay, you guys want to play this game? Yes, this is what you want. You want it. Sub, you want. You want moral subjectivism. I'll give you what you want. Since this is your standard, not mine. I wrote the Levitical law. I know darn well what it says. It's mine. But this isn't the law you want upheld. It's your agenda. It's your narrative you want upheld, because you brought her alone. So then, fine. You're the hanging jury? Whichever one of you is sinless, there's one sinless person in this exchange. Who is it? Jesus, the only sinless person in this exchange. Fine. You want a subjective and by the way, is were there multiple moments in the gospels where Christ calls up calls out subjectively applied standards? About 27, 38, 57 of them. Most of the Gospels, that's what he does, right? That's what's happening here. And he looks at the mob and he says, fine. Here's your subjective standard. You may have it. Since this is your standard that you want this woman condemned by, how many of you are living by your own standard? Raise your hands. And if you are, by all means, cast away. No one can do so. There aren't separate wings. Homosexuals don't have a wing in hell. Unrepentant homosexuals don't have a wing in hell, closer to devil, to the devil. And the fornicators are, you know, uh, you know, since they used penises and vaginas the right way for their sin, it's it's a little cooler there. That's not the way this works. We have a tendency to want our own sins overlooked. While condemning the sins of others. For example. I get, ask yourself this question before I go further. Are you sure you want me to have an honest conversation about this? Are you sure? Are you sure? I don't think you are. But I'll give it to you anyway. Many of the same people right now, the most upset about what Dave Rubin announced, which I believe is immoral and unrighteous, as was me noticing the hot chick in the yoga pants at the gym this morning, also immoral and unrighteous. Now, there's a difference in that I'm not asking you to endorse my immorality, am I? No. 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 Is Dave asking you to endorse what we would call immorality? Yes. To some degree, yes, he is. So there is a difference in that, right? There is a difference in that, right? Okay. But the reality is very many of you who are very upset about this... ...enthusiastically endorsed immorality. In fact, in the highest office of the land. America was going to end. If we didn't vote for president, a guy... Who banged a porn star while his wife was at home nursing their infant son. America was going to end. If we didn't pull out all the stops to help a guy win an election. That he frankly deserved to lose. By making the worst decisions in the history of the presidency. And nearly costing us our way of life. That we're still suffering for. That we just celebrated. Quote unquote. The two year anniversary of and has demonstrated no remorse for. In fact, claims, I saved lives with lockdowns, the worst, most immoral policy post-slavery in American history. And that's before we get to his poisonous jab. Anybody seen those excess death numbers for the millennials your age, Aaron? Just out of nowhere last fall, millennials start dropping like friggin' flies. I wonder why, man. It's a mystery wrapped inside a puzzle hidden by an enigma. But many of you, many of you who want to take the most angry position about what Dave Rubin announced on Friday, were on your knees begging to God that an unrepentant sinner named Donald Trump could get reelected and save your country for you. I told you you didn't want to have an honest conversation about this. Where were all of you when Donald Trump anointed Rick Grinnell? What was the head of NSA, something like that? Mm -hmm. One of the highest intelligence positions in America. Where were you? judge not lest ye be judged, for by the same standard you judge others, so shall you also be judged. We don't have, God doesn't provide us morality so that we can show how better we are than other people. How superior we are from other people. But so that we don't do things that hurt other people, starting ourselves. I'm sure he means well. He's a critical thinker. I respect him intellectually. But Dave has already made a decision to harm his child by denying it a mother. I don't say that to condemn him. Because I am just as deserving of hell as anybody else. I say that for the sake of that child. Because I'm commanded to love my neighbor as I love myself. And all of us deserve the love of a father and a mother. I know what it's like to not have one of them in my life. And I know what happens to you when you don't. I know the kind of person it turns you into, the kinds of challenges and demons you then have to you have to confront and maybe never overcome. Because I don't have a father. I have a biological that didn't bother, and an abusive stepdad who never really fully accepted me. So I know. I know. My mother almost killed me. The point of these standards is not to project some form of self-righteousness, but to stop us from destroying one another. The same inclinations that caused Donald Trump to leave his nursing wife and bang a porn star were the same inclinations that caused him the first time Anthony Fauci showed him a little skirt The first time Debbie Burks said here, Mr. Trump, here's how you'll be the hero and not kill two million people. If you just do what we say, those sort of same craven instincts. Are what led to what happened starting March 16th, 2020. To the man who said a week later, we can't we got to stop these 15 days to flatten the curve. We got I mean, yeah, we're going to come back. The country's coming back like Easter. Perfect time for a resurrection. And then turned up Monday after Easter Sunday with 30 days to slow the spread. Many of the same people that want to take that jab cannot wait. And I agree with you. I'm never taking it. No matter what they threaten me with, I'll never put that crap in my body. Ever. But many of you are literally counting down the days so you can vote for him for GOP nominee again. even though he's basically a Pfizer salesman. So if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Are we sure we really want to have these conversations? See, I've not gone there previously because I have my own issues. What Dave Rubin is doing is wrong, but he's not really accountable to me. Just like with my sinfulness, I'm wrong, but I'm not really accountable to you. The question is, though, when we decide that we are accountable to one another, are we truly willing to wield that standard all the way through? The word of God is a double-edged sword. What does that mean? It pierces the one who wields it offensively and Defensively. That's what it means. Jesus is abandoned by people when he feeds 5,000 with two loaves of bread and, a, and, and, a, and or a loaf of bread and two fish. But when he's abandoned, he turns to his disciples and says, Are you going to abandon me too? He doesn't turn to his disciples and say, You're so much better than the people that left. Oh, he challenges them too. What's your standard? What's your integrity? What's your plumb line? So I will do my best to imperfectly emulate my Savior. I will happily throw stones at David Rubin. Provided you show me that we're the ones qualified to throw them. That we're gonna take that standard all the way. All the way. All the way. No more adulterous political candidates. No more dishonest ones. Cause see, this is the this is the tragedy of a photographic memory. I remember some of you that love me now hated me when I told you the truth about Mitt Romney at a time that you didn't want to hear it because he had to win or America was over now that he's of no use to you you cheer me on when I tell you the truth about Mitt Romney is this new truth about Romney no no this poop's been true since 2007 it's just popular to say it now so are we disciples and followers that we we uphold these standards to glorify him Or are we the mob that brings Jesus the adulterous woman? We're not really serious about this. Which is why we we brought you the weaker half that was easier to chastise, easier to condemn than the full brunt of the equation we brought the man to. Just to prove our zealotry. Aren't you happy we had an honest conversation about this? If anything, I'm going to thank Dave Rubin because he's prompted one of the few really honest conversations we've had in this fake movement and in industry that we have been for the last two decades that has taken all this freedom and liberty that came from our creator and handed it over for clicks and access And contributor gigs on Fox. Now we're getting real. Now this is real stuff now. Now we're having conversations that matter. Not can I come up with the term biological male and maybe that won't get me banned so I can hold on to my followers because I got a book coming out next year. Furthermore, I got to applaud everybody. First of all, how a lot of people here who disagree just instantly gave their opinions. Props to the management here for providing an atmosphere where people feel as if they could just instantly do that. These are the conversations we should have been having as a movement in industry a long time ago. But just be careful with having these kinds of conversations. That double-edged sword's got a kick. A real kick to it. Awkward time for a live read, so I won't do that to a client. We have about two minutes here. I'll just open the floor to the two of you
2: somebody I already saw asked oh, how do you know what's in trump's heart steve and that he's uh, not a repentant sinner he said so himself yeah he told us he wasn't uh, he, he said so himself what was that 2015 2016 on stage in front of the can- uh, in front of a crowd uh, on live television asked if he'd ever asked god for forgiveness and he said basically no no he is not so there's that so you can you know consider that question answered as we have before i I have um I have a lot of empathy i was I was very upset, obviously, whenever that it felt like Friday night, but it was actually Wednesday night when I saw this go down, and uh you know, I, I thought it was uh thought it was that there were a lot of things going on at, at one at one time. One, we're never going to endorse that type of behavior as as Steve said. Well, at the same time, uh, we're given it's it's. Uh, I don't think it's fair for us to then throw everybody who was commenting or uh, affirming those actions, which we find uh, reprehensible and offensive, we're not going to throw them under the bus because we get to say whatever the heck we want as long as we can back it up, and we have through the first ninety minutes of the show. I understand, though, I have empathy for folks who have been hearing us say for for the last two years, you must defy, you must confront. I understand them wanting to us to confront, and we have, for the per, for first 90 minutes of this show. What I don't understand, and maybe that's not out there, and I don't want to con- construct a straw man, but those who are insisting that uh, we go just scorched earth and... Um, I, I, don't know what that looks like. I, 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 don't know. I walk off the, something like that. I don't know how many people are out there who have emailed programs like this. Uh, they're masking my kids. What do I do about it? Steve, not to mention this, the example that Steve just brought up of, of, of Donald Trump. These are good conversations to have though. These are great conversations to have if we're willing to be honest with one another and not get our panties in a wad, we should welcome this.
1: That was just one question. There are others, right, that won't take me so long to answer. No, they will too. (laughs) We'll find out when we come back. Hey, did you know nine out of 10 people still buy hearing aids from clinics, pay five grand or more, even though much more affordable options exist? That's why you've got to check out MD Hearing Aid. MD Hearing Aid is an FDA registered rechargeable hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. Uh, Hearing aids require clinic level care for the best results. Clinic level care comes from licensed hearing professionals. MD hearing aid brings you that clinic level care right to you via telemedicine from doctors and licensed hearing professionals founded by an ENT surgeon who saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids, but couldn't afford them. He made it his mission to develop a quality hearing aid that just about anyone can afford. So if you want to get clinical level care for 80% less you can do it with MD Hearing Aid. Just go to MDHearingAid.com, use the promo code Steve to get there. Buy one, get one for $299.99 each. That's it. Under 300 bucks, about 80% less than an average hearing aid cost you right now. With MDHearingAid.com using the promo code Steve, they'll also add in a free extra charging case. That's about $100 value for our audience right now at MDHearingAid.com. Slash Steve. All right, Aaron, back to the ask me anything.
2: One more question tangential to the conversation dominating the show today. This is from Kelly Vittorino. Do you think in vitro fertilization and gestational surrogacy is a violation of God's natural law?
1: Now, this is a good question. And it is frankly something I had not really wrestled in depth with um, until I saw that uh, our colleague, Allie Stuckey, attached that to uh this particular issue as well um i'm i'm here's what i will say because again i'm not an oracle i'm not a prophet i'm a guy that does the sh- does a, a show that just has read the bible a lot okay the the intent the design is for a man and woman to come together in order To create new life. The the question I would have with IVF. Is what happens to the eggs that are unused. The question I would have with. And I would have other questions. But that's the first thing that would come to mind. And with surrogacy. The first thing I would have. That would come to mind is. Are we not. Literally reducing women to birthing units. And why would we deny a child the natural connection with its mother? So if we were going to discuss those things, they're things that I'm not learned enough to take, you know, definitive pronouncements on right now. But if I was like on a panel and we were discussing it, those are the questions that I would pose. And I would want to get the answers to.
2: Yeah. I also, uh, if I can just interject, I know it's not ask Aaron anything as well. I mean, Bella and I had a conversation about this. This weekend, in the context that it's being used with, with um, Dave Rubin, I I don't think there's I mean that's just kids need a mom and a dad, so I don't I don't I think that's a non-starter in vitro and and surrogacy. I, I don't I just think that's wrong to be used in this this way. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I'm not sure. I need to I need to listen to what Ali had to say. I'm not really sure. There's necessarily. Um, any clear picture in the Bible to say no. I would ask, though, why this would be a primary choice when adoption is also available.
0: As a Catholic, I would be remiss. I don't need to go on, but the answer is a clear and obvious yes from my perspective. It reduces all of us to a level of utilitarianism that is repugnant to the things of God. Ready to move on? Before we move on. I need your help with this one, okay? Because this is
1: this is more up your alley, Got all it. right? So Battlebox is one of our new partners here on the show. Uh, they're a monthly subscription uh, service for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. And you guys know, man, I don't go anywhere that there's not a couple bars on my phone and access to uh, live sporting events. You guys know I'm just the ugly American, all right? So... This is way over my skis, Aaron. So you're the one that uh, you're the real man among us. This is this is this is your this is your jam.
2: Just this has nothing to do with Battlebox. And when I say nothing to do with Battlebox, I mean nothing to do with Battlebox. I've been thinking a lot recently about if there's World War Three, and I have to go on the <laughs> lamb dodging the dra- 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 dodging a draft. Again, nothing to do with this sponsor, right? Uh, How would I actually do that? And how would I survive? So anyway, uh, back to battle box. Uh, I I think if you just want to get out, and if you are, if you're into camping in general, and you do that on the regular, this is going to be this is filled with stuff that's useful for you. But I just to give you a picture of how useful it is, uh, the battle box kind of trial that uh, we received and Steve, let me uh, take a look at basically, you could survive You could survive just off of that cardboard box and what this what's contained therein for a good, you know, week and a half or so, Uh, if not just at least a week before you can, you know, start hunting and doing things of your own volition there. That's how much stuff is in there, stuff to start fires, stuff to uh, uh, sustain you, food uh, until uh, until such time as you start catching your own ways to make fire, ways to make shelter, ways to skin an animal like a really cool knife that was in there as well. All of that stuff is contained in there. So it's great if you're into camping on the regular or if you just want to see and get into it uh, for for a while. uh, It's it's great for that as well. All of the stuff in there. I keep calling it stuff because it is it is high quality material and high quality uh, products. Uh, that's really going to help you out if you want to get into camping or if you already are into survivalist uh, uh, endeavors. So, if you're more manly than me, like
1: Aaron, uh, from now until March 31st, get a free mystery box worth over a hundred bucks plus uh, with any new subscription when you try battlebox.com/steve. Try battlebox.com/steve. That's a free mystery box worth over a hundred dollars or more. Right now at Try Box, all one word, trybattlebox.com slash
0: Steve.
2: Amy Flam Staubach says just a bit ago for three non-political questions, you commented on time travel that you wouldn't be able to change anything when traveling time. Because of the strengths of God's will. I pondered after that answer. If that were true, then why would doing anything now change things? I've had conversations with peers at church where they say God will work it out. But I always say we have free will and cooperate with God's grace. So what, if anything, do you think our actions have on society at large? If we can't change things in time, why try to change society? So this
1: is apparently... Todd thought, Steve's been gone a week or half a week. A lot of people have forgotten about him. Let me pick the most absolutely divisive questions, have him completely alienate everybody, and then I just move over a chair. Is that basically the master plan? <laughs> All right. I'm a giver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no question about it. Um, we have free will. We. Uh, Our free will works um, in accordance with God's grace. It does not overcome God's sovereignty. Otherwise, he wouldn't be sovereign. If, If what we do overcame God's will, we would be God. We cannot overcome God's will. It's within his sovereignty, within his will, that we are given free will. He didn't have to give us that. Now, the problem with our free will is it is fallen. We are sinners. Which is why we often choose to sin with that will. And so Christ comes against our will, because we so appreciated the gesture, we murdered him for it. Christ comes against our will. To change our will. In some respects this is very similar to the conversation we were just having about Dave Rubin. In that. Jesus actually wants us to be honest about who we are. It's the tepid. It's the lukewarm. It's the hypocritical. Let's be honest. You're not hiding anything from me. Me and God had some very honest conversations up late at night about what was happening, what I was watching happen to my culture those 23 months, and then what was going on in my own family, in my own marriage at that time. I didn't begin with the presumption, I can hide this from God, he won't know. Amen, Dude, come on. So let's start, let's straight up let's just be real about who we are. God comes along and says, "I appreciate the honesty, but here's the question. Here's the follow-up question for you: Are you are you who you were meant to be? Are you who you were created to be? Are you fulfilling the purpose and the potential I gave you?" Just because you're being real, just because you're being sincere, are you being what you were meant to be? Doesn't mean it's good. Some sincerity is bad. Serial killers are sincere. No one questions their authenticity, right? Right. I think Ted Bundy was fairly authentic. (laughs) Okay. Right. I mean, did anybody keep it more real? right? Right. But was that good or bad? It's bad. Bad. Very bad. So then the question is, then where would I have the power to change? I cannot change within my own will. Only a sovereign God can change me. Now he doesn't want to do it against your will. That's why it's a relationship. But ultimately, he at some point has to act against your will. Otherwise, no one would be saved because none would choose him. We're all sinners. There wasn't some special quotient of the Torah that we fulfilled. And God said, you know what? They checked enough boxes and they've shown me they're ready for Messiah. Send them, send them Emmanuel. Did did we invoke that? No. No. When the time was right, God sent his son. Jesus, friend of sinners, while we were enemies, Christ died for us. So at some point, he had to violate our will. Now, we can all argue with each other how much of our will he still has to violate to get his way. But he had to violate our will somewhere to get his way. We didn't provoke him to send the Messiah, We didn't want to be saved. We didn't think we were lost. So it's not so much about how much free will you have, but how much free will you still want to use. Jesus prays, disciples say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Our father who art in heaven Hallowed or honored, revered, be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He doesn't teach them, here's how to use your free will perfectly and morally. No, give up your will for God's. That's really the issue. We can do some damnable things with our free will. The question is, will we exchange it for his will? One more here uh, from our friends over at Real Estate Agents. I trust, you know, trying to buy or sell a home in any environment can be challenging, especially in these unprecedented times. Make sure before you go in, you go in with an agent that you can trust with a fully vetted track record of success that you can rely upon. That's why they get listed on the site. Otherwise, they wouldn't ever make it. And what's the name of the site? Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you can go. We'll help you find an agent just about anywhere in the country you want to move to or from that will come in, take charge of your situation. But remember that ultimately, you are the one in charge. When you go to realestateagentsitrust.com.
2: One last question? Sure. Uh, We'll go to Marsha Secor. Sorry if I pronounced that last name incorrectly. Fauci recently hinted at retirement, but has since backtracked, saying he wanted to stay on until COVID is really over. He's also been back on the leftist propaganda shows, talking about another COVID strain that might necessitate more lockdowns. What do you think the COVID puppet master is up to now? And does he really have no fear of coming under scrutiny if Republicans take both houses in the midterms? Fauci is as Fauci does.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's why I didn't comment on it. I. I did see. I was aware, but I don't. I don't know. Um, first of all, the timing of hinting at retirement, as it becomes more and more obvious, they're going to yeah. lose control of Congress, and Republicans become more and more aggressive towards their posture. Uh, towards him to that end I don't think is coincidental may have been as simple as his ego said hey you know what no I'm not going anywhere in fact we might have to go back to where we were before did not show any weakness you know I I, I, I don't I don't know um, but there is absolutely no hint whatsoever from the the current political manifestation of the spirit of the age That it plans on going back to that place. Doesn't mean it won't. We just saw it change on a dime, right? To get out of it. Doesn't mean that they won't. Hey, if the polling doesn't get any better by mid-October, hey, cold and flu season. We got to, you know, uh, particularly in these blue cities, got to lock down and uh, we got to have some more mail-in ballots. I could see that, couldn't you? Oh, yes. But but for right now, there are no signs whatsoever that it plans on uh, going back there, particularly with the spring, calm, cold and flu season upon us. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Four questions. That's a record.
0: Well done. In
1: terms of the fewest we got there? Yes. You had to know when you, when, you, when you teed up that first question. That That's I, why
0: I wasn't really worried about the lack of volume we okay. had this time around. We didn't have as many questions from Facebook as we normally do, but I wasn't really worried.
1: I was not planning on going there when I first saw the question. I was actually going to just move on. But then I got to thinking, I don't think we can move on. Aaron, you have any th- final thoughts?
2: Hmm. Uh no. No. I think maybe we should get into surrogacy more now that I'm thinking about this over the last ten or fifteen minutes. Because I again I'm like, yeah, I haven't really thought about it that I much had not either. really got that in depth on it. I wish we had the luxury of having really, really strident you, opinions
0: about that. You stuff. guys have eschatology, Catholics have this.
1: That's true. So we maybe compliment each other a little bit there. All right, we're going to stick around, tape overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze Radio Network.